Well, howdy! This podcast is a proud member of the Podcon Go Network. Podcon Go. Family-friendly shows that are fun for everyone. Welcome to Elderberry Tales. Come on over and sit down on the carpet. It's time for a story. Today's story is The Three Princes, a folktale from the Arabian Peninsula. This story is brought to you by our collaboration with StoriesToGrowBy.org, where you can find a vast collection of folktales and fairy tales from all over the world. Long ago, on the Arabian Peninsula, merchants traveled in caravans to carry spices, almonds, and dates along major trade routes that crisscrossed the desert. Where trade routes crossed is where a number of cities flourished. In one of those cities, there ruled a king whose daughter had come of marriageable age. Three princes of nearby cities came to court her, But the princess looked at them with alarm. One prince was bossy. The second prince was unclean in his habits. And the third suitor was conceited. Father, I beg you, she cried. Don't make me marry any of them. The king loved his daughter, but he didn't want to offend her suitors and risk angering his neighboring city-states. I'll think about it, he said to the three suitors. Come back tomorrow. The next day, he summoned them and the princess to his throne room. Each of you is a perfectly worthy suitor for my daughter's hand, the king said. Therefore, to make the correct decision, I have determined that the three of you must venture into the world for one year and a day, Whoever returns with the most wondrous item will win my daughter's hand in marriage. The princess was glad for the one-year extension. And the king was also glad to postpone the matter. Who knows what might happen in a year and a day? Perhaps, he silently hoped, none of them would return. The three princes set out together. After traveling for one week, they came to a well that was located by a fork in the road. At the fork, the road branched into three separate paths. Obviously, this is where we should part, stated the first prince with great authority. Don't you think we know that? said the second prince, wiping his dirty hands on his cloak. What you didn't think through, said the first prince, the bossy one, is that we should all plan to meet here one week before we return to the palace to compare what we found. I only hope the maidens don't slow me down by falling in love with me, said the third prince, throwing back his hair. It can be such a nuisance. And so the three princes agreed to the plan, and they went their separate ways. When the time came to return to the well, Each one followed his separate path that led back to the well. You look a little the worse for wear, 
said the first prince to the second. I'm fine, said the second prince, blowing his nose onto his sleeve. Tell us, what did you find? Only a crystal ball, said the first prince, as nonchalantly as he could. That shows anything you want to see that's happening anywhere in the world. The other two were impressed and a bit worried, said the first prince to the second. What wondrous item did you find? From under his cloak, the second prince unrolled a carpet. Flying carpet? People who sit on it can be transported anywhere in the world they wish to go in minutes. If they don't mind sitting next to you, said the conceited prince, holding his nose. And now it was the third prince's turn to show what he had found. This vial, said the third prince, holds a magical healing ointment. One dab of it will restore the health of anyone, no matter how sick. And they say if it's rubbed with true love, can even restore youth. Speaking of health, said the second prince to the first, since you have a crystal ball, let's take a look at our princess and see how she fares. The first prince waved his hands over the crystal ball. Its cloudiness disappeared and was replaced with an image of the princess lying in her bed, as still as death. Her father and the court physicians hovered over her. Isn't there anything you can do? They heard the king say. Sire, we have done everything, said the head court physician. I'm sorry, but she has very little time left. The three princes leapt up, alarmed. Alas, cried the third prince. My ointment would heal her, but we're too far from the palace. We'll never get there in time. Quick, everyone on my magic carpet, said the second prince. We'll be there in a flash. Indeed, moments later, the three princes were standing in the very room they had viewed through the crystal ball only minutes before. Everyone was so distraught they didn't notice the three princes that had suddenly appeared in the room. Without a word, the third prince stepped up to the princess's bed and with his finger touched a dab of ointment on her forehead and set the ointment by her bedstand. She blinked and seconds later opened her eyes. Then she moved her head and sat up. I feel better, she said. It's a miracle, cried the father. He embraced his daughter with joy. Later that night, the three princes appeared before the king. Your majesty, said the first prince, each of us may have located a magical item, but there is no doubt that my crystal ball is the most wondrous item of all. Without it, none of us would have even known the princess was sick in the first place. I submit that mine is the most wondrous item. Therefore, I deserve the hand of the princess. With all due respect, said the second prince, stepping forward, while it was informative to learn that the princess was sick, had we not been able to travel a week's journey in the blink of an eye on my flying carpet, that knowledge would have done us no good. I submit that mine is the most wondrous item. Therefore, I deserve the hand of the princess. Good sire, said the third prince. While it may have been useful to learn that the princess was sick, and it was helpful to arrive here as quickly as we did, had we not my magical ointment, all that knowledge and all that quickness would have been in vain. 
I submit that mine is the most wondrous item. Therefore, I deserve the hand of the princess. The king was perplexed. Each of the princes made a good argument. And since the question was so close, no matter which prince he selected, he was sure to raise the ire of the other two and their neighboring city-states. I'll think about it, he said. Come back tomorrow. Now, listeners, if you were the king, what would you do? Would you pick one of the princes? Is there any other way to solve this problem? Okay, let's see what happens next. That night, the king summoned his advisors, called in those lands viziers, to ask their advice. Sire, said the head vizier, there is a wise old man who lives amongst us, who hails from very far away, a distant country called Russia. He is well known for his sage advice. If we allow him to make the decision, the communities of the princes who aren't chosen will get angry at a country far away, and not at us. Excellent thought, said the king. Summon him to court tomorrow. The next day, when the three princes arrived to hear which of them would be selected, at court stood a very old man. He hobbled on his cane and spoke in a whisper. The three princes repeated why they thought they deserved the hand of the princess. As far as I'm concerned, asserted the king, each of these fine young men has an equal claim to my daughter's hand. And so, he turned to his guest, I am interested. You come from a faraway land, and it is said you give wise advice. What is your opinion? The old man coughed and cleared his throat. Your Majesty, first allow me to say that it is an honor to be in your court. He raised a shaky hand toward the princes. There's no doubt that each of you brought a wondrous item that saved the life of the princess. But in my country, when it comes to marriage, there are those who say that the young woman whose happiness is at stake, should have a say in the matter. And so, I would ask our royal highness. He turned to her. Princess, whom do you wish to marry? The princess was silent a moment. She raised her head and faced the three princes. Each of you saved my life, and for that, I will always be grateful. Yet this old man is the only one, she said, looking at the Russian, who understands that the choice is one that should be mine to make. And so, father, if you please, and here the princess stepped toward the old man, I choose him. Gasps of shock ran throughout the court, some ladies fainted and were carried out. The king blustered, But, but you, you can't. 
the princess picked up the magic ointment, took the old Russian's hand, and with a dab of the ointment, rubbed the back of his hand. Instantly, a haze surrounded him. When she removed her hand, incredibly, the old man had straightened up to become tall and dark, with the lines of an earnest young man chiseled on his cheeks. Restored to the strength and handsome stature of his youth, he smiled at the princess. Each of you will have large tracts to rule, the king quickly said to the three princes. We will never forget what you did for our royal family. The three princes, of course, still had in their possession the magical items of the crystal bowl, the flying carpet, and the vial of healing ointment. And it wasn't long before they attracted fine princesses to marry from neighboring lands. And so, they all lived happily ever after. As may you. There are so many stories where the whole point of the plot is to figure out who the princess should marry. Now, occasionally, it's a prince. I've also heard stories where the whole point of the story is figuring out who should marry the prince. And you know, in many times and places, it has been the case that parents, aunts, uncles, and kings should decide who their children married. It hasn't always been up to the princess herself or the prince himself to decide who they should marry. And if you think about it, with a kingdom, it's kind of a big deal who the princess gets married to because whoever becomes her spouse could end up ruling the kingdom with her or Even if that person isn't in charge, they might at least be a very important figure to the kingdom. So it's a pretty important decision. And sometimes the decision came down to two countries having their prince and princess marry in order so that the countries wouldn't go to war or so that they could share land or so that they would make some other kind of agreement with each other. And it wasn't even always about who was in love with who. But a marriage is a pretty big decision. Once you're married to someone, they become your family, often for the rest of your life. I like the way the story resolved this issue. I think it was pretty smart of the old man to turn around and let the princess choose for herself who she should marry. And I think it was very brave of her to choose him. This story was written by Elaine Lindy for the website Stories to Grow By. And it's actually a blending of stories from several different traditions. 
There's a Saudi Arabian folktale in which three princes, one with a crystal ball, one with a magic carpet, and one with a magical healing orange, all work together to save the life of a princess. And in that story, the princess actually chooses the prince with the healing orange because his orange was all used up. And then there's an old Russian tale about three men who all want to marry the same woman, and they go to a wise man to help them sort out the issue. And when he asks the woman who she would like to marry, she chooses the wise man out of gratitude and appreciation for his consideration of her desires. So this particular telling of the three princes has been crafted out of those two original versions by Elaine L. Lindy, who has graciously given me permission to share this story and so many more with you today. If you'd like to read more stories like this, head on over to storiestogrowby.org, where you'll find a vast collection of folk tales and fairy tales from all over the world. Thank you for listening to Elderberry Tales. I'll see you next week.